space, the final frontier. These are the voyages on the Track This Out podcast, their continuing mission to explore toilet humour with occasional insights in their reviews, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Space Blackpool! Starring Bob as Captain Bobard, Andrea as Six of Nine, John as the friendly ship counsellor, Space Bear, Lindsay as Dr. Telezoff, and Sucky as the old squeaky tepid turbo lift, only used to eject crew pools. He used to be a space visitor, apparently. This is Trek This Hello, and a very warm welcome to the Star Trek Review Podcast, Trek This Out. I'm your host, Bob, and joining me on the bridge are Lindsay, John, Andrea, and Sucky. On this podcast, we'll be reviewing the third film in the Kelvin timeline, Star Trek Beyond. I said third and not final, because I'm hoping there will be another. Uh, we'll be giving our lights out of five uh, to the story, reading out your feedback, voting for this week's red shirt, and seeing what else happens along the way. So, it's time to engage the warp drive, and let's get involved! I don't know what you lot think of uh, Star Trek Beyond. Um, and we had a very positive Star Trek 2009. We had a very positive, uh, well, tepid Star Trek Into Darkness, uh, predominantly. So Star Trek Beyond. Let's get a feel for where we're going to be going this time. Bananarama. Andrea. <laughs> um, <laughs> I still maintain that I'm wearing a Wesley Crusher jumper, but I'll take it. Um, I'm going to say, like, hot take. Um, I think in a lot of ways it's probably the most enjoyable of the three. I don't know if it's the best film, if you've been objective, but I think it's probably the most fun and most entertaining and most watchable. Yeah, so, well, uh, that's, that's positive. Positive. There's a book coming, but that's for the when we get a bit deeper. Uh, Mr Magnificent Beard, the Wizard of Wolverhampton, can you furnish us with your vibe? It's a great film, isn't it? It's as uh, people have said, as Andrea said, that uh, that it's it's a lot more fun. There's a lot of action, uh, and it just zips by. Uh, I I really did really like this film. Oh, so this is this is definitely more positive than the last one. Uh, I'm going to come to you next, Lindsay. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I think for me, it's got more of like the character pairings that I really mm. enjoy. So yeah. like, I really enjoy Spock and Bones. Mm. And, you know, there's a good dash of medical angst in there. So, you know, I'm a happy bunny. Wow, this is... John, are you going to continue this po- in this positive vein? It looks the best of the three. It, the special effects yeah. are, are very, very impressive all the way through. Mm. But the story lacks some common sense and there's a lot of plot holes and it just seems a bit fucking stupid to have a motorbike on a planet and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, generally, it's, it's very easy to watch and very enjoyable. So, yeah. yeah. Good. There are problems though. Good. Well, I'll take you back to my when I went to the pictures because I watched this at the pictures. So I was absolutely buzzing when I got out after the after the first Star Trek film, the two thousand nine one, and Into Darkness. I was not buzzing when I came out of this. I felt a bit deflated by it. Um, 
So I've not gone back to watch this one as much. I have watched it quite a few times. But this time, I'm so pleased I've gone back to rewatch it. Because for me, because a lot of people say it's their favourite, it's the best, it's the most Star Trek-like. And I never... Maybe you've got that. Uh, but I've watched it this time, and I fucking absolutely love it. I loved it that much. I, I, I needy. I didn't quite have time. Went back and watched it again straight away. So we are definitely on for a, a positive voyage, and I like that. I like that a lot. So anyway, before we crack on uh, and get deep, uh, it's time to put some space meat on the space bar. Space meat on the space bone. Space meat on the space bone. Space meat upon the space bone. Space meat on the space bone. Space meat on the space bone. Space meat on the space bone. For those who don't know what this is, uh, basically, um, we're gonna, we're gonna, we want you to get, you, we want you to get to know your horse a little bit better. So, we're, so in essence, we're putting space meat on the space bone. Lindsay, would you please put some space meat on the space bone for us all? With pleasure. Oh, thank um, you. So I have gone for like a Star Trek theme because. Occasionally, Ooh. I feel like we should do a Star Trek theme round. Um, so I have questions for everybody. Um, so Andrea, if you would like to go first. Um, so in, so if you were able to have access to holodeck technology, what would be like your go-to R&R kind of vista? Because like we know that there's like there's Sandrine's or there's Fairhaven, or there's like dubious uh, recreational spaces or you could have a forest with a river what would you have like a basement oh, i was gonna say I, I, I should keep this. Uh, it would be specific though it's a vista um yes you can have one or two characters if you would like but you know um it's got to be Blackpool Seafront, hasn't it? I'm going to have to take, like, look, we can go on the rides and get some chips. So classy. So classy. We can, dress, we can dress them up in a hat. and Khaki floors. That's what <laughs> yeah. I remember from Blackpool. Amazing. Yeah, we can get one of those giant dummies that's, like, that's like made of sweets that takes you, like, 19 years to eat. Um, yeah, I'm going for Blackpool Seafront. Is your, your R&R? Cool. Fair yeah, enough. just try it not to be like shot on by a seagull and are you go, are you gonna fire. what hat are you gonna put like one of them kiss me quick hats on Lark Russell? It's that gonna really, have to really, yeah, isn't it? Be, when in when in Rome, yeah, um, yeah, and try not to be accosted by a stag do or yeah, I, I'm going for. I'm sure we could too. program those out. You could <laughs> yeah. go in an era before stag days were a thing. That's, that's all. Point, though. That's part of the fun. That's, isn't that's it? Like, what Blackpool's all about, yeah. You, you know, like we bring back the Tower Lounge and you bump into someone dresses Hulk Hogan, and <laughs> it's all going on. I think that that's the one. There you go. Classy I'm affair. Excited. Classy affair. Okay. Blackpool uh, program one is Andrea's new favourite. <laughs> um, okay, Suki. If you were chasing down a mischievous time travelling space person. Um, for example, um, and they had been back and they had changed various eras of human history. Like they'd gone to Earth and they'd done various things. Which era would you choose to go back to with your fellow crewmates as like a Starfleet officer? Where would you like to go and like spend some time undercover? Oh, right. so I've, I've managed to get some sort of time traveling tech 
technology which allows me to go into. You the just path. go around the sun really fast. Yeah, yeah. It works. yeah. Oh, Superman style. Yeah, or Superman like, yeah. style. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know really. It's got to be somewhere peaceful. I don't want to be turning up in a war zone or anything like that. Avoid Blackpool Seafront then. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, this sounds like it could be like, you know, Los Angeles in 1996, which just happens to be outside the studio would, doors. Yeah, you, you're not about that. I'd love to go to um, that, uh, oh, flip sec, that music event, that the hippie music event. What was Woodstock. it? Woodstock. Woodstock. I'd love to know what the hell was going on there. Right, Drugs, turn up there. To, that was what was going Drugs, on there, mate. Yeah, Drugs, yeah, yeah well, pretty I'll, much. I'm. Probably well participate, but yeah, I would love to know what was going on. So that, and it'd be nice and peaceful. There'd be now you'd be able to enjoy some good music, and it'd be quite mellow. It, yeah, will, so, it yeah, would yeah. not be peaceful. It'd be full of screaming hippies on drugs. But I'm glad you like that idea. Well, the idea I will be partaking. I will be doing it. It's a summer of love, mate. It'll be fine. Oh, yeah, it's summer of love as well, yeah. You mm. all perfect. So we've discovered that uh, Andrew, so far, Andrew is classy. Uh, Sucky's uh, an old drug-taking pervert hippie. converted that. Oh, yeah, that's Converted that. You converted that, John. Yeah. Right, good. Amazing. Great questions. Uh, okay, so, John, mm. uh, so you are applying for Starfleet Academy, and part of the application process is you have to write a, a, like a, a study or an essay on which member of Starfleet has inspired you to want to join this organisation. So you need to pick one member of Starfleet from any point across time, because we're obviously in the future now, um, that you would like to write your kind of review of personal kind of achievement slash endeavour against. Um, well, you know, obviously I'd like to pick Picard, but I'm not going to because he's a little bit, a little bit boring when it comes to oh. like, inspirational things. He does all the right things, but I think it'll be uh, a certain James Tiberius Kirk for me. Kick ass, rebel in that. Just yes. because it suits my sort of persona on this podcast a little bit. Which and, version? Uh, Which version? Uh, the 60s version, not the current one. I thought, I thought he was talking about your personalities and personas, the many that you offer us, John. Yeah. Well, you'll get what you're fucking given, Bob. You know what? <laughs> oh, so yeah, that's, that's it, Lynch. Yeah. Right. Okay. Bob. Hello. You are just graduating the academy, so you're like a few years ahead of John. Uh-huh. Um, and it's part of the process that gets you assigned to a ship and then out into like Starfleet proper. You have to rank these four possible things that you would like to do. So you'd like your first choice, their second choice, your oh. third choice, and then, you know, you're like, oh, okay, so these are your four options. Yeah. Would you like to join a five-year mission and go like well out and like just see nobody for five years, yes. but, like explore new things? Stop there, yes. Your family so you have to rank you on the ship. <laughs> Um, your second option is would you like to do like cultural and diplomatic duties like really swanky ship mostly staying like in the known kind of like area but like really swanky ship top quality like, oh, like really good holodecks yeah um, C uh, do you want to work on a space station really lively but not so much Starfleet activity um, like not really going anywhere but like lots of locals who are interesting and occasionally trying to take over mm. Um or would you like to be part of a rapid response tactical unit that goes out and like investigates places like the Badlands and may or may not end up on longer adventures? Right. Well, so you've got to rank these from like one to four. Definitely number so one. We'll call those A, B, C, D. Right. Number one would definitely be, if I'm being honest and actually being serious once in my life, number one would be solitude, five years, 
exploring at my own It's not pace. solitude. There's a load of other people there with you, Bob. Just saying. Well, I'll make them all right. And your family as well. We'll yeah. be with you. Yeah, that's cool. I'll make them all right. Like it'd be. I'll make only because I'll be captain. I can let who I want on. Do you know what I mean? So I think. So, so you're going to graduate the academy and become captain. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Only yeah. Kurt can do. Only that. in the Kelvin timeline. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, just like James T. So that'd be my. And yeah, because I'd love it. That exploring, exploring. You know, going right into. Going right deep, you know, deep space and that. Um, the second one would be a diplomat just for a fucking laugh because there would be war um, within about 40 minutes of me becoming that. Um, because I, I'd forget myself like I do, you know, and I'd probably offend someone quite easily. So that that would be me laugh. Um, I don't think I'd. I'd is, the, is, the, is the space station near a wormhole or out like that? A couple of wormholes. Yeah, maybe. Can I have two wormholes? Um, greedy. No. Uh, I think what was the other one? I think the third. Uh, so your rapid response unit that uh, gets to like go and like deal with skirmishes and stuff. I'm not into that because it's that well, sounds bunch like... of Malcolm Reeds. Nobody wants that. <laughs> and also, it's a it's a fact. It's a fact. It'll do no me no good for my blood pressure. That it'd just be too stressful. I think rapid rapid. It's it's a scary concept. That'd be definitely number four, and I'll go space station with a couple of wormholes at number three. Um, yeah, that'd be quite cool. But definitely, it's the five-year mission, isn't it? It's the five-year mission. Captain. I'll be captain. In my captain chair. What, what be captain I don't, I don't know why I'd be... You'd be cleaning out the spunk from the holo filters, Bob. That would be your job. <laughs> I'd be Gene, wouldn't I, off Discovery. Spunk You'd be cleaner. Yeah. Gene. You'll be Lister. <laughs> That's cute as well. That is literally <laughs> me just eating curry. And, yeah, just just generally being a... a Only if the bastard. rest of the crew is, like, dead. Is that not, like, yeah, you know... Lister was always the bottom of the rung anyway when yeah. the crew was alive. Basically, I'd be, I'd be, red, I'd be in Red Dwarf. <laughs> my, my ship would be Red Dwarf. Cool. No, that's cool, Lindsay. That's some great questions. Have you got one for yourself? No. No, I, just, I don't know. I just thought I'd ask out of politeness and that. Brilliant. No, but I can tell you a funny story. Go on, then. So this is the only... Uh, like Kelvin vs. Uh, Star Trek film that I saw in the cinema. Oh. Um, and I went to go see it with a friend who is like the least geeky person you have ever met. Like, I love her dearly, but she and I have like completely divergent opinions on such things. Yeah. And she agreed to come and see it with me, but she's like, but you need to take me for coffee and like tell me everything I need to know before we go in. <laughs> what? That's quite a lot. So a we sat coffee. down. <laughs> we sat down over a coffee and I talked at her solidly for like an hour and a half. I can't imagine that, Lindsay. Coffee must have been cold at the end of it. And <laughs> you're also funny. Um, but then we got into the cinema and I'm sure we will talk about this moment later, but as soon as like the memorial section came up to Lemon Nimoy, I realised I hadn't told her that oh. there were two Spocks in this universe. What a guy, would it? Yeah, I was like... I went to watch uh, Lord... I'm going to digress a little bit. I went to watch Lord of the Rings with three other friends who were not geeks whatsoever, and I made them go. Made them go watch Lord of the Rings, the first one, Fellowship of the Ring. Well, I didn't know it was a trilogy, did I? So <laughs> we all sat down and watched three to three or five days of it, whatever it is. Got to the end. I had, Like I said, I had no idea. And it just... Obviously, the, the hobbits or whatever fuck off into the distance, and you don't get anything because it's the first film. And as the lights went on up, they all just turned around and looked at me and jumped me in the aisle. I'm not even joking. That's how pissed off they were. Um, so there you go. Uh, fun and games, isn't it? Fun and games but, uh, non, with non-nerds. Um, anyway, let's get on with it. Is that music? It's a good choice. Hey, well played. We got no ship. 
crew. How are we gonna get out of this one? We will find hope in the impossible. Well, at least I won't die alone. Well, that's just typical. Let's hope this doesn't get messy. This is where it begins, Captain. This is where the frontier pushes back. What the hell is this? I know why you're here. Why we are all here. Okay, let's never do that again. You're listening to the Star Trek Review Podcast. Check this out, and we're currently reviewing the, uh, the well, the, I want to say the final, the third of the Kelvin Timeline franchise film, Star Trek Beyond. We've had a fairly positive whip round, um, so we're going to get a bit deeper now uh, with our review. Uh, I'm going to come to Tepid John first. Ooh. Give us some thoughts, please, because you were not quite full on positive as we were well I, I yeah it's it looks great but and and i did like the fact that there was five-year missions involved in all this and there seemed to be that that feeling of uh being around a long time and you know but that gets really quickly scrubbed over in the first bit and then we get into the the reef at yorktown and uh uh yeah it's just it looks gorgeous as i say uh, and the drone stuff where they're all battling at the end is absolutely amazing. But it, it's just, there's too much uh, Beastie Boys <laughs> and 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 motorbikes. And, and motorbikes don't make any sense because they're, they're like travelling down different paths and he's shooting in different directions, but that's not how illusions work, I don't think. Um, and so a lot of it was a little bit of style over content. Uh, style of a substance and and I felt that whilst there were some really good bits I feel things like starting the Kelvin by going off the cliff thing just some of it was a bit silly in order to have a little bit of stakes raised I'm going to join bit, you John you know. I'm going to join you on a point of issue with the motorbike and I, I can't believe I thought this because I don't tend to do this kind of thing but so the transporter was a bit shit on the Franklin wasn't it yet he was at full pelt on that motorbike when it transported so that was a technical issue. That was not a possibility because they had to all have been stood still. The motorbike would have just gone from there it is to off you go, not off you go, off you go, go. That doesn't make no, sense. Did he not transported like, like revved up and like raised to go like a drag oh, but race? He was, oh, he, was, he was full pelt, he was full out, top gear. That's what he was when he, uh, when he, and also yeah. the, humans and uh, humans and uh, motorcycles always look a bit shit with CGI. It looks a bit cartoony, sucky, sorry. Now the the bit with the motorcycle and going full pelt. This is Scotty who's had help developing this transport uh, transporter uh, solution problems in the past. So he's probably been able to adapt the Franklin system to be able to get somebody who's travelling at that sort of speed. You can always well, I, 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 rely. <laughs> you can always rely on Sucky trying to explain away I'll somebody to explain. else's fault. Just but no, but well. the thing is, I do agree with you and uh, Bob about uh, the bike, the motorbike. The motorbike's been in this this spaceship, uh, which is probably 
it's gone. It's probably got rusty, knackered, whatever. It's, it's, also... De- it's Deux X, yeah. Deux X motorbike. Yeah, that was it. Was a bit stupid. silly that they incorporated it into. But once it yeah. was going, and you're watching all the spectacle and he's going around, I ain't quite. I did enjoy the scene. Welcome it, to Space good. Top Gear with me, Bobby Clarkson. Um, well, that said, I really, really like J Lo. Beats and shouting is like something that has definitely stuck with me. Lindsay, um, go for it. I was just gonna say that if we're gonna have like my nitpicks is like as much as the Yorktown set, like it's amazing. Like it yeah, looks beautiful. It looks Why would you ever design that? <laughs> like what like it's a space station, but all the spaceships go in through like little tunnels that are like under the city. Like, in, like we've never seen a space station like it, and we'll never see one again because it's ridiculous. It's kind of cool, right. though, Andrea. I, I, just if we're gonna if we're gonna get the nitpicks out of the way, I think collectively, I think Simon Pegg did quite a good job with the script. Um, to you know, he gives himself something to do without. I don't think he hogs screen time excessively. Um, it's quite there's a bit of reverence, I think, to that TOS structure and all that type of thing. But Christ, if you wanted to play a drinking game, which is challenging, just like you've got to drink every time he says lassie. He like does, once he you've heard it, you lassie. can't unhear it. It's like every third word he's given himself so, to say. I have written the fact that Scotty, like, I don't know. Oh. We've lost a body. Um, I don't know if it's because the kid, he was out of practice with the accent. I don't know if the accent shifted again. I don't know of what it was. And yeah, there was a lot of colloquialisms. The accent felt worse to me than it did last time. I, I think he couldn't say jailer convincingly in any sort of Scot- like any resembling a Scottish <laughs> accent. Jailer. So he's just had he's just had to say lassie. Like, well, yeah, and I think like they they definitely they go for the 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 obvious kind of like how to mar- de- demark de- demark de- demarcation. There we go. Um, with like the Scottishisms, beca- and because she is a girl, it's a really easy one to just keep dropping into the conversation. Um, and if you were writing a caricatured character, then he would say "lassie" every five minutes, and they kind of they've acknowledged that Scotty is a caricature. Um, but yeah, I, I did not love it. It was not fantastic. I was going to say, but he does it. He does do it. He does do laddie and bits as well. But it, it, it was repetitive, very repetitive. I did pick up on that as well. So if okay, you want to get, if you want to get drunk though, just like every time he says it, just have a good glug, and you'll be right ass by the end of the film. Like if, if anyone's looking for a Star Trek themed drinking <laughs> game, I think I found it for you. Scotty Lassie drinking game. It's okay. <laughs> Now, going back to what Andrew was saying about the script, I did like the fact that he did uh, pair up uh, the crew and they all had things to do. Whereas, you know, in the previous ones, they've had things to do, but they haven't been at the forefront. But in this one, there seemed to be a lot of things for all the crew to do. Especially, uh, you had like uh, Sulu and Uhura team up. You had Chekhov and Kirk team up, Bounds and McCoy, uh, Bounds and uh, Spock, and then uh, Scotty. Scotty had Jayla, who seems to be like if they're probably going to go, uh, if they did, if they were going to like release a film every few years, she'd have probably joined the crew anyway. Well, go on, she, she kind of did, uh, Andrea. 
I was just going to, I've said that I've written down sort of ensemble cast done really well. Um, and I think when you start like unpicking like all of the films collectively, I think it's one of the best examples of kind of giving people something like reasonable to do rather than just being there. Because I think outside of you sort of Kirk, Spock and maybe a little bit of McCoy doing something, like you've had a lot of kind of background. And um, I think Sulu was probably the, the sort of least used in this film. But it was quite nice to see Kirk doing something with Chekhov because you don't know normally see oh, that they're off on their little mission and um, so I, 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 anton yelchin is amazing as well as Chekhov in this in this one um he still does his wobblies and v's and bits but he's brilliant he's brilliant uh lindsay osaki fill your boots well Lindsay. thanks um so yeah just like in terms of like the 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 casting and the kind of the spread of the loads um I th- one, I think it's really lovely that like they did this with Chekhov. Like, it's nice that there was a film where he had like a more prominent role. Because obviously, when we lost Anton Yelchin, like I suspect they wouldn't recast. I could be wrong, but like I no. suspect they'll I, just. I hope you they know. don't. And it's like Jailer, because I thought all the way through, I forgot about the end where she gets given the Starfleet Academy sort of acceptance and I was like no please replace her place replace him with you know a new cast member definitely yeah that would that would make sense but because obviously I was so hyper tuned into this in the last film I thought I would do my little female characters who speak count again <laughs> um, I thought this was coming so no no like actually you know what there are fewer female characters who speak but I think that's because there's just a smaller cast in general mm. um but the ones who do all have really significant roles. So like we've got Uhuru, we've got Jayla, there's the um the alien that results in them going through yep. Yeah, the spy whose name I could pick up. Um, and then there's Ensign So Kayla, as well. Um with the crazy head. That head uh, was amazing. Yeah. Good. She um, was great. So yeah, like I think Yeah. No, it was good. But it was those strong. were like those were much better. Like, um, there were still a lot of men around. The, the women were better. I will take that. We were allowed to have men around, but I see your point. Yeah, there was definitely um, it was definitely a stronger stronger female cast. That was definitely for sure. Uh, Andrea. Yes, and the admiral as well. Yeah. I was admiral, just about yeah. to say that the admiral that you're, who wasn't the bad admiral, like just for yeah. once, he just had an admiral who was just a normal person. Was um, she actually a French admiral who was in fact French as well? No, she's uh, admiral, she's admiral Paris. French. Yeah, she's she, she's in the Expanse, um, prominent role in the Expanse. What's her name, Sucky? Abyssalana uh, is a no. character in Expanse. Expanse, yeah. No, she's Christian uh, she's awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. She's great. But um, not French, apparently. Okay, apologies. No, but her so. surname was Paris. Paris, and more Paris. Oh. Right, so oh, is that any, is that any related to somebody off Voyager? Long line. Maybe that's Owen Paris's mother. Marriage, yeah, by mother. By marriage or something like that. But yeah, I love her. She's great. So yeah, strong, yeah, strong, strong female casting. Great, great, great. John, you've been quiet. I'm going to come to you. I, I really enjoyed the fact that uh, Simon Pegg managed to write in one of his uh, lines from Spaced. Which into one? it. Uh, skip to the end. Oh, yeah. You, uh, you skip to the end. Yeah, that's, that's uh, spacism. Uh, and, and I really tried to disassociate from the fact that it was Simon Pegg that had written it because I, I love and admire everything he's done so far. But I feel like um, this was just a little bit of popcorn, this film. Uh, it wasn't... It wasn't... It was too... I mean, I didn't like... I didn't like... Um, uh, the baddie uh, and his story seemed shoehorned in. 
I didn't really understand how, why they would bother doing that. Why not have an alien I as a body rather I than... I think we've seen that before. This before, haven't we? When so, some humans have been on a planet for so long and they've mutated or whatever. And whether it's in Star Trek or not, I can't, I can't remember. But... It makes it, it's, it's an opportunity missed to have an interesting uh, villain yeah. from another race that they could have explored. He was very good, but though. Just it, it him, was yeah. very good. He was very good, though. As yeah. in, he's act, acting-wise and all that. <laughs> Sucky, you had your hand raised. I did, but I think the point's gone. But uh, the the bit about the villain, I do like the fact that he was... He, I actually thought he was a good villain in that he has been abandoned. He He's a soldier that's gone through the, the, the sheer hell of war and all this stuff, and he thinks he's going to come out at the end of it, but then he finds out the people that he's been fighting... They're, they're going to become like their uh, best friends or whatever and all this stuff. So it just, it, it's annoyed him. And then when he's stuck on this alien planet with his crew abandoned by Federation, right, and he's just gone into his head that, you know, the Federation have done this and this is the reason. It's just gone it's, a bit... It's a silly reason, though. <laughs> it might be, it, it sounds it like makes, a silly reason. Makes, no, he, has, he has become unhinged on this planet, right? Well, whatever happens... It's his, it's his way of thinking because it's his, his mind has just got a bit wonky because he thinks he's been abandoned. Okay. He thinks it's all against, uh, you know, the uh, his his enemies hey, and okay. now their friends and stuff. It's okay, skip what? to the end. <laughs> Andrea, go on, go on, Andrea. Go on, Andrew. There are some, especially around that storyline. Like, firstly, I think if you've ever seen Star Trek or, or any sort of sci-fi of that nature before, as, as soon as you kind of, like, saw the Franklin and stuff, you, you could kind of start to unpick, like, where that was going. Mm. Um, I don't think it was a huge, like, shot reveal. Um, but I th there is some, like, so did he just forget that his, his ship that he arrived on was there? Because obviously she was hiding it, but surely he knew where it was because he like, he came on that ship, um, and I think that there was all that stuff there. They, they kind of like explained all this tech and stuff as mining equipment that was left behind. So if all of that tech was there, why didn't they fix the ship and go home or like use it's, that? Like, this like, is what I mean. Yeah, there was some. You've just got to kind of. There's a lot of hand waving to make the story work. I think, but like. It's all right, isn't it? I mean, I think that's always been the case a little bit in Star Trek. If you apply far too much common sense, you'll end up with no plot. But, yeah, I can see where you're coming from, John, that there are some kind of, like, yeah, like, it's not totally joined up in its sort of narrative, but... It's it's pretty enough to be able to sort of overlook those things, though, I think. Yeah, definitely. Lindsay? There's an interesting kind of duality because like for me, like I am not like a big battle fan. Like it's not what I enjoy about these things really. But by far is this the best example of like a swarm of little ships versus a big ship that we've ever seen in Star Trek. Like it is like that original when the Enterprise comes through and they're like, what is this? And then all of a sudden the swarm like does the swarm thing. Like it, it feels, it feels threatening. Like it feels like these ships are in fact actually a risk to, to Enterprise and that, that feels reasonable but the other end like I think some of what we're talking about is the fact that the whole thing feels pretty low stakes like well, in the no, last think, film uh, like uh, there was something careering uh, onto Earth and like, kind of, this kind guy's of... angry and he's attacking a ship that we sent through like the nebula so I see what you mean <laughs> but but well, it was one of them things the setup was severe so the fact that you know like this swarm came out and it was full on and there's no way, no way of getting away from it they basically crashed land on the on the on this planet. 
the Enterprise, they haven't got the Enterprise, a bit like Doctor Who not having his TARDIS. You, you know the stakes are quite high then, but I was maybe assuming you mean with, with the actual uh, resolution. Sucky, you had your hand I, mean, I do, I do think it, I do think it's nice that we don't have, like, perpetually a uh, universe-ending threat. It's a somewhat localised. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah, no, Sorry, definitely. Go for it. Now, though, just going back to what uh, the Andrew was saying about uh, why... The, the ship, uh, they hadn't used the technology on the... What I was thinking was, they'd crash-landed, they'd been there all a while, they'd only got three crew members left, and that's when they went out and discovered this new technology, and they decided this technology is probably better than our knackered spaceship, which we can't do nothing about, and that's why they've sort of... And once he started taking creatures' memories and my, uh, their essences or whatever I call it, right, he's just completely forgot about what his own ship was. That's that's uh, you could, yeah, you, could. you didn't, need, you didn't need to do that, Suki. I didn't yeah, need to do that. that. Well, I'm no. just oh, so I'm just trying to uh, uh, trying to cover some of the plot holes. You don't need to. It's I got don't want plot to. Holes, I, no want point. To. I, suppose I know it's, you it's want a, to. It's a bit like getting the latest iWatch or something. In it, you forget about your old one. So that's maybe what it's like, isn't it? I know what you mean, Suki. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe or maybe maybe you did remember, but by that point, Jayla would put illusion things on it. And he just thought, oh, oh fuck, fuck, I'm it. sure I left it here, <laughs> but I can't have done because it's not there. That's it, yeah. And he just lost it. Um, oh, the little tribute to uh, Leonard Nimoy was amazing. Uh, I did love... It was... It was. I mean, it was short. Uh, I was going to say subtle. It probably wasn't subtle, but it was It was there. Um, and Quintin... I can't remember his last name. Is it... Oh, Zachary Quintin. That's his last name. There you go. I remember it. Um Zachary Quinton. Zachary Quinton played played it really well. I thought there was it was a very a bit more of an emotive human Spock again, um, and I just I think we've all sort of said it. I loved the the Bones and Spock uh, together having this 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 good amount of time together. Uh, John, I particularly like the uh, the photo dropping out at the end. Yeah, I was going to say yes. that was amazing. Yeah, uh, which which was obviously done partly to to, to like confirm that, yeah fuckers this is canon whether you like it or not, and you know. Yeah. That was nice. It was also there, I think, also because this was it was supposed to be released in the year, the fiftieth anniversary year. Yeah. Right. So it is sort of, uh, you know, to say this is, as John says, to say this is part of the the whole Star Trek universe, and uh, this is this is why it's here. But there wasn't. Did it? I was just thinking because this was like um, supposed to celebrate Star Trek, and it was a good film, exciting, uh, loads of action comedy and you got all the uh, you know the different interactions but but there didn't seem to be a lot of references apart from maybe prime spot to past adventures or past uh stories or, or things like that it wasn't full of it was it so that was good no. it was just you know, like, there, were a couple. there were a couple but there wasn't there was I, think, a, I think the last one was, was a bit more full-on about it wasn't it what? What was their villains? I don't know. Like there was a whole series, like quite near the start. Um, so like Kirk makes a comment about having ripped his shirt again. Um, like there were just little moments. There were you're like there's a reference to it being episodic, which I thought was quite funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, like I definitely pulled those out, and I, I like I really enjoyed those. I think for me, it's like some of the the failings that we highlighted last week or last time we spoke. Um, what about things like Bones was just there for the jokes? Like he got much more padding this in this film. Like there was like an actual plot line and like actual dialogue and kind of meaningful discussion as well as just kind of like I'm a doctor, Jim. No, they, they ripped that uh, whiskey scene out as well, didn't they? From uh, an earlier film. 
Um, kind of. It was from Star Trek Two. Rathacan. Yeah, with yeah, the glasses yeah. and the, he brings him the glasses and the. I think he brings him some sort of scotch or something like that. Yeah. It's yeah. Nice. Or Romulan nice, ale or some nice, shit. Yeah, nice little nod, Andrea. Oh, I feel like that. I picked up on the kind of a rippy shirt again. For me personally, I don't feel that shirt was anywhere near ripped enough. <laughs> that was like that was like underdone for me. I think that could have like they, they could have like made a bit more. Um, I think that whiskey scene was quite interesting because that's the first sort of real example of product placement I can think of in a Star oh, Trek. Glenfiddich, wasn't it? And it was really like it was like look at this whiskey, buy this whiskey. <laughs> it felt like we, we kind of cut to an advert for a minute, um, and I. I genuinely, I don't think I, I can think of another example where, like, I think I th- actually I'm telling a lie. I think there was there a Nokia product. Yeah, yeah, the first one. Oh, the first one, yeah. Um, but that was like it was really. I did feel like I was watching an advert for a few minutes there. Um, so I was I was quite surprised there's, by that. There's certain sci-fi films, sort of you, maybe Blade Runner. I don't maybe thinking that where you've got Pepsi and McDonald's, the big neon signs in this dystopian sci-fi future. Generation Man. The Taco Bell, yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, Anyway, we're going to have a little break now uh, because it's time for Fact Trek Yourself. Fact Trek Yourself. Fact Trek Yourself. So, it's Andrea's turn this week. Uh, Andrea's going to furnish us with three, possibly three facts. We've got to guess which one is not true. Andrea, over to you. Right, my first fact is, despite the slightly Wild West nature of the workplace um, I attend on a daily basis, the only injury I've ever sustained was when I knocked myself out opening a door. The only GCSE I failed was art. My lowest other grade was a B. And my most cringeworthy meet the parents was a Sunday lunch. It was all fine until the topic of Nana's dog came up. Everyone laughed gleefully, remembering good old N-word the dog. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. What was this? Was this T.G. Ucker's parents? The hood roller? Yes. Yeah. Damn was, yeah, it, <laughs> it was really, really bad news, that one, Andrea. Really bad news, T.G. Okohudronin, man. Well... Can I double-check what the GCSE one was? Because I'm afraid my uh, sound oh. vanished. Uh, she so the only GCSE that I failed was art. My lowest other grade was a B. Okay. Well, I think this is the misleading... A number of variables. Yeah, because you're brilliant at art, uh, and also what is a fail. But it could be one of them things that, you know, you're, and I'd say, a natural artist, maybe not, but not a box-ticking artist, if you know what I mean. So that could be um, that, that could be a mis that's a misleading one. I very much doubt your only injury in the job that you do was knocking yourself out with a door. I could see you doing that, but I don't think it was the only one, Andrea. So, oh, I don't know. What do you guys think? What I'm pretty think? confident there have been other injuries. I just don't yeah. know if they qualify as injuries. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, the lowest grade might have been a C. I mean, you know, you see fail? where this is going. Yeah, <laughs> could be a fail. That could be a fail. Zucky, what's your thoughts? Well, the only one I can think of, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't have knocked herself out. The only injury being that she would have knocked, uh, been knocked out. And I can't see a failing art. I can't see a failing art. Well, you see, this is the this is the misleading. What was the third one again, Andrea? I'm, I'm too fixed on the it's, art. There was there was N word the dog. Oh God. There was uh, GCSE art and there was not. Oh, N word the dog. 
Yeah, I think that's the only one because that only rem- that only reminds me of Dambusters. Like the dog could have got. Oh yeah, it could have got, but I. I'm what t- colour was the dog? Um, I never saw the dog, but I, I'm, I'm, I can make some assumptions about the dog. But I, I've never the dog had died, as had Nana. So um, right, N- Nana's dead dog assume. called the end. It, it, I kind of want that not to be true. I, I think that is true. true. I think yeah, that is true. I'm gonna. I, I'm voting the art, the failed art one, the second one. I don't know if that's yeah, a misleader. There's too many. Yeah, there's a misleader in there somewhere. I reckon. So yeah. that first one for me. Okay. I reckon. What do you think? I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's yeah. I think it's a knock yourself out. Yeah. What do you think, Lynn? If it, I'll go with the flow. Um, I think yeah. I think that's not the only injury. So we, do you think art then the second one? Well, yeah. No, I th- yeah, I think, I think there's been more than one injury. Yeah, yeah, I think there's been more than one injury. And I can imagine so I think that's, there's gra- I can imagine TJ Hooker's ra- racist grandma being real. <laughs> so I, I'll, get, I'll tell you what, we'll go for the second one that you fit, you did not fail out. Uh, you, sorry, you, oh, no, it's this false one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Have you got... Just roll the door. It's your premise, Bob. Come on. Oh. Uh, right, then let's roll a dice. Yeah. I think it's the first one. Right, first one, yeah, first one. Which one, which one is the first one? The, the, you've had more, it's, it's a fake one, one isn't it? She's so been knocked down. Yeah, the well, first one's injuries. false. I think you've had more injuries than that one at work. False, number one. Is that what we're keeping in suspense? Yeah, 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 you keep it in suspense. Right, uh, I can confirm that um, Nana's dog was real. Um, oh, I, wow. I nearly like spat me like carrots <laughs> or whatever it was across the table because um, obviously I wasn't anticipating that as part of that conversation. No. Um, the only real genuine injury I've ever had at work is when I did spark myself out opening and my key got stuck in a door. So I yanked the key and the door frame hit me in the side of the head. And the next thing I knew, a child had caught us and put us on a chair and I just didn't know where I was. Um, I've never had any other sort of significant like, injury of any kind. Um, it must be awful to like to like not know where you are and it's... Turns out you're in the northeast anyway, so... <laughs> oh, harsh. Oh. Harsh. Of the red shirt already, me. I was I was in a place called Ferry Hill at the time. Oh so God! Oh, oh dear! My Google yeah. um, that might help you. Um, so the, the the sort of the other one is I never sat GCSE art, so that is the false one. There you um, go. I, I decided for for whatever. Well, I'd, actually, I did RE instead of art um, because I fancy <laughs> the RE teacher. That's, so that's a good that's a good reason to discover uh, religion to discover religious uh, education. What, um, so yeah, um, so that is the that is the porky pie. Well, there we go. That was a very misleading one, Andrea. I like that. That was good. Uh, cool. Right uh, on with the review. You're listening to the Star Trek Review Podcast. Check this out. And we are halfway through our review of the uh, third in the Kelvin Timeline series, Star Trek Beyond. Um, so far, so good, I'd say, really. Can I, John, can I, John, just, make, can I just make a quick point, right? The uh, the effects of going at warp in the Kelvin Timeline awesome. are ace. Yeah. I fucking love them. Dreaming. I wish it was like that for all of it. Yeah. Because I less- imagine... I imagine forcing your way through space might look a bit like that. It was cool, and also a lot less uh, light flare or glare, like as in there was only lens flare, yes. yeah, yeah, lens, lens flare. flare, and it was only very occasional when it when it was justified as well, when there was actual light. 
Uh, and I thought mm. that made a massive difference, actually. Something I'd really picked up on before, but rewatching the last two and then watching this one, it, this was stunning. This was beautiful. The sets were beautiful. It was very alien and weird. Um, and I really liked that. I did really like that. Um, Andrea, you look like you got to say something. Um, I think, like, just sort of in terms of visuals, is I've got quite a lot of notes about costume. Um, right. I, I kind of, I think that sort of, that outfit that Kirk had on, it was almost like kind of like a, a little bit of a, a model for the Discovery uniforms with that kind of... Yeah, yeah. I saw that, lots of parallels, yeah. Um, and, and actually, I thought those uniforms looked really good. Um, I also saw that sort of grim grey that Discovery's gone towards, um, floating around. Um, there was, I, I did notice as well on the USS Franklin video, you know, the, the historical historical footage they had, that the, the suits there looked a bit like the Enterprise, you know, Enterprise crew suits a little bit. I thought. Was it a similar time, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. I like that. I did like the little nod though to that. It was quite cool. And I quite like the fact that the people at the end were wearing things which I would describe as, as like, obviously, like with a little bit of a twist, but relatively normal party clothes. Because um, I always feel it like, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Everyone constantly wears weird fucking 90s pajamas, um, <laughs> like floaty pants and dressing gowns. Um, and it's kind of got the vibe of like arts and crafts time at a nursing home. Um, so <laughs> it's quite nice to see Star Trek people out of uniform wearing things which I would define as clothes. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it did. It, yeah, you did stand out. Well, I say it didn't stand out, which was a good thing about it. You could, you know, like a horror was horror was dressed in a, an actual nice normal dress. It's okay. Yes. Oh, going about the uniform, I like the fact when uh, Kirk has just come back from this alien planet right at the beginning, he opens his wardrobe and it's all exactly the same shirts in there. And I thought that was a nice touch because that's all you're going to be wearing on the. You ain't really going to have much down. So yeah, there was sort of rep- uh, There is a question of like how long. Yeah, how long does the refresher take? Though, like, how many uniforms do you actually need? Like, Replicate. if you put it in a refresher and it takes like two minutes, then why would oh. you have more than one? Well, we or like maybe we'd... two in case you spill something down your shirt, my We really should investigate well, the laundry. Well, he's quite accident problem. proud, isn't he? He keeps dropping his yeah, loves coffee. a good shirt rip, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, making some eggs. Laundry is a question. No, it it's is. one of those great things That's that comes cool. up in fanfic. Like, what happens? Like, you know, who washes your unmentionables? <laughs> They're replicated, aren't they? Vegetables, you want to Well, yeah, but them. like if you're trying I to save energy, do yeah. you like replicate new stuff every day? Like, Lindsay, this is a whole field that we maybe have to dedicate at least a trilogy of podcasts to. Um, but that's that's for another time. <laughs> Sorry, this is a this is for visual only. John has just um, put a, a a picture of his. Is that William Riker with his top off? Near enough. Yeah, he's, really, he's got a very deep V. Very deep V. Very deep V. Sure it's a beautiful. Like, I love the progression has gone from like yeah. memes into like yeah. JLo now into like semi naked. Yeah, JLo, uh, you're Riker. calling it JLo now. JLo. I'm just filling in the time. Wait, it's it's no, no, he actually had JLo. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Um, I, 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 as well with this, uh, it was a theme with it being the 50th anniversary. I don't know what that is. What? J-Lo. Jennifer Lopez. Right, cool. Again, I've no idea. Uh, but what I did love, there was over 50 different um, alien species in this. You know that, And I think that's another reason, a little bit, why they did this big, big, huge space station idea. To cram them all in to do the 50th anniversary. They wanted 50 different species in. Um, not and not just fifty different aliens. It was fifty different species, and however many versions of that species were going to be in it. 
just a nice little touch and i watched a little documentary and i'm all and it was um they looked some of them looked really awesome i did love the little things that you probably wouldn't even pick up on rc on that spare station um uh the one I, uh, this is what i want to touch on it's something that never really raised an eyebrow with me but uh fucking star trek fans went mental obviously and the fact that sulu is in a is married to a man <gasps> who'd have thought um with a child no. The usual people went mental in the same usual fucking way, but the rest of the world just carried just, on regardless. Didn't, didn't shit themselves I was about to say, I, I took that as a really, really lovely nod. To George. Uh, like yeah. That, you know, yeah, yeah, like it, it's, it's a real thing. And I oh, think, no, I did. I did as well. well I, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm just saying now, apparently the internet went fucking mental about it. So that was it did, a, it did. Well, no, the, 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 yes, the nonsense people went nonsense. Yeah, the nonsense, nonsense people took it. Well, you know me, I usually make loads and loads and loads of notes. You just mentioned that. I've just realised I never, ever made that note. Oh, did <laughs> you not? made that note about Sulu and his... And his there you go, because you're a liberal man. Oh, you didn't okay. even need to say it, did I you? Just, didn't even okay, to say sorry, it. Just, and just they had a over. child. Shock horror. Yeah. Oh, my God. But I thought that was a I did make a note about the fact that he kept actual physical photographs sitting, like, on his console. I was like... It was cool. Like, I, I get that the, they wanted it there as, like, a... It was a good way of, like, prompting us to realise that he had a daughter. Um, but yes, I feel like by this stage, like actual physical photos, like stuck on your console at work, is maybe not, you know. Well, here's a question for you, Lindsay. So I think we now have, we now see, um, uh, you know, a very developed and grown up Captain Kirk in this. What do you what do you think of Chris Pine's portrayal in this film? Are you are you a bit more on board with the Captain Kirk when um... he's a bit like this? This is what I would want to ask you actually. He is he is less completely irrational in this. Like I, I find him less irritating. Like I find the this idea that he's already applying to come off the ship and kind of become a vice admiral. Like really, really? Like what what is it? Lord give me the courage of a mediocre white man. Um, no, um, <laughs> what? Well like it, it, it like he's he's still like what? I'm feeling attacked. <laughs> <laughs> this voice from the grave. Even John's feeling attacked now. What do you mean? Yeah, but like, but like Kirk at this point is what? Like he's what three years into the five-year mission. He <laughs> started the five-year mission a year after he graduated the academy. So he's like four years out of the academy, and he wants to be a vice admiral. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that, that's that's pretty ambitious. Guy's got ambitions, Andrea. I don't even think that's a character thing, though. I think that's shoehorned in there because if you look at the themes in the sort of original set of films, there's that to and fro of Kirk not really wanting to be an admiral and bouncing back to captain and becoming admiral and being well, demoted. Yeah. And I think it's just a little nod to the fact that Kirk doesn't really want to be an admiral. And I think it's been kind of shoehorned in there just to give you that little parallel to sort of what's gone before. Because um, really, he's the most sort of reluctantly promoted employee probably <laughs> since me, to be quite frank. So um, it's like, no, I don't really want that job. You have to have that job. Okay, then, if I must. If I um, but I, I definitely think that's just a little bit of a, like... And obviously... In the original set of films, it was much more believable because he was a much older guy. But I think they just wanted to kind yeah. of oh, Kirk doesn't want to leave the ship. He doesn't want to be an admiral. And I think they've just kind of they have kind of forced that in there at a slightly inappropriate career point. Yeah, well, I mean, I made I made very few notes, but one of them is like, why the fuck would he try and become a vice admiral? It's absolutely not in his character at all to do that. But uh, uh, like you say, it's another one of those pits that's just shoved in. I I, yeah, like, not, I with think, a lot of, not with a lot of consideration. 
Chucky, sorry, Chucky. You got, it's you just something. The, the, what you're going on about is you do see it right at the beginning. The way the crew are just going through the motions, they're just doing it, and the only way they is like hooking up or doing the odd thing here and there, whatever they do. But they're not really doing that much anything exciting. They're just going to one place. There's only that one incident that they show with these little small creatures that attack them. But the rest of the time in these three years, if he's getting bored after three years of that, imagine how fucking boring it would be to be a vice admiral on a space station. But you don't know what a vice admiral does. Yeah, you I'm do. also going to point out that he's today. the captain. Like, surely... Like... Like, I, I don't understand. Don't call me Shirley. Like, is he bored? <laughs> oh, dear. Like, I, I don't I don't understand if... Is he bored because he's not getting to be as active as part of the missions? But actually, we see him on a mission, and he makes a reference to having torn another shirt. Like, new and exciting no, stuff is reputation. suddenly boring. I think, I think it's the repeti- repetition that's boring to him. Yeah, Every day being much like the last. But then he gets sort of... Oh, I have to go meet yeah. a new alien species today. That's really boring. What yeah, am I going to do? Like, I have to yeah, go somewhere where no one's gone before. There's a lot of I know, I know lots of people that are pure adrenaline junkies that wouldn't be able to sit still in a room for, like, two fucking minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm off. And that's just one of them. Yeah. I'm one of them. Andrea? Who's like, experienced the, the sort of reluctant promotion, there must be fucking paperwork. Like, he must have paperwork. I'm sorry, but there's no way he gets to sit in the chair and not do the shitty paperwork. So he might get to go on the adventures, but he'll have to do the shitty he'll paperwork. Have, he'll have someone to do that for him, Andrew. You really speaking. don't. Just, you really got, don't. It ship, doesn't work like ship that. Log, ship log, maybe, does that into... I don't, I don't know. How do you yeah, know, I, I think, Andrea? like... Well, because if we, like, your, like, accountability for things increases, so you have to report, you will have to report, like, people will report to you, but you'll still have to report to other people, and you'll have to fucking record everything, because he's like, you're not telling me, like, the way health and safety is, that health and safety isn't more extreme in the future, or, like, HR isn't more extreme in the future, so I reckon he'll still have shitty paperwork to What would... What would HR be called on a spaceship that isn't, doesn't just have humans on it? it yeah. My phone is awesome. People management. No, they're people. not. Well, they're not more people. Though, are they? Some are, some are not people, are they? Well, I think people covers aliens. No. What about the monster ones? You were like you the t- monster ones are people too. <laughs> Why would you call anybody a monster? <laughs> oh, they look a bit monstery, don't they? Some of them look for you. Oh, oh, oh my god. Xenophobic much. And, and, and he's the captain on his own five-year fucking mission. <laughs> yeah. This is my personal life. You're gonna need an excellent XO to like make up for the fact that you're just awful yeah. and dealing with people. Why don't, you, why don't you get yourself a nice black Labrador and name it appropriately as well on your ship instead of a beagle? <laughs> Hey, I tell you what, my, this is my uh, what, do you, what do you call it? That my uh, I'm, my, my ambassadorness or whatever it is, the delegate or whatever. The, what do you call it, negotiator? I'd be wicked at that one now. Fucking monsters! Yeah. You're a bit monstery. Um, what were where, where were we? Uh, <laughs> human resources in space. <laughs> That's what monsters. Uh, <laughs> help me. 
Right, I'm just gonna I'm gonna try and make the conversation more slightly more sensible. And and I think as Lindsay referenced, we need to talk about those little small creatures that come rolling down yes. from up high. And um, because to be honest, I, we've kind of touched on my line of work a little bit today. But to be honest, that's what an infant school class looks like to me, and that looks like my idea of hell. I think that is the scariest scene ever to be shown in Star Trek because that just looked like lots of really wild, angry little people, and that's what I imagine teaching small children looks like so it's a good gag though yeah start off a film it was yeah. a good gag it was very um is it is it um hitchhiker's got the galaxy when you've got the whole thing about this alien race and off they go they storm out into the universe looking and they get eat, eaten by a dog, dog. Yeah, yeah that was kind of that's what i sort of took from it very simon pegg i, I did think that them is it so you had simon pegg um what can't be the director's name justin Ling is it yeah, who Justin Lin, Lin, who did he did he did he do Fast and Furious? He's a Fast and Furious because he was yeah. a bit he was a bit reluctant to do the motorbike thing because he didn't want to have anything with wheels on the floor. Um, but and then there was Doug as Doug Wing as well, who was the other writer who wrote it with Simon Pegg. Yeah, uh, so them three literally were just working on it all the time, changing bits and pieces. And I think that was definitely a Simon Pegg thing: is we should do something like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, um, Lindsay. So when uh, so when it opens, like I, I hadn't remembered that, that that was what happened instantaneously, and I was like, these aliens look a little bit like How to Train Your Dragony, like they looked a little bit kind of like DreamWorks or Pixar or something. I was like, what is this? Um, and then obviously you're like, oh, okay, um, and then all of a sudden all I could think about was the Pating uh, from Doctor Who, oh, which obviously yeah. has come later, um, but also like the little aliens from like Galaxy Quest as well, like small and like feeble slash terrifying and whatever. Um, so yeah, I think it like yeah, like I didn't hate it. I think it was quite interesting, and what I quite enjoyed was that like there was a little bit of a so like in and of itself it's slightly frustrating because you're like well why are like there's no kind of right so you have picked up this trinket from one race that you're then going to present to the another race as a gesture of something they've then gone why would you do this to us so you've just taken it back and put it in your store cupboard like there's no reference to like yeah we're gonna have to let these guys know that that didn't really work very well or we should return their thing well i think we're just gonna like keep it it, it in our vault and and that particular artifact is so unbelievably powerful and they haven't checked it before they decided to offer it (laughs) that's valid point powerful when it's coupled with the other part of that artifact when you know if it's just there it's just a piece of king of plot holes isn't he Inert. Well, it's all explained in the film. If you're not to be listening. fair, you, usually, usually I'm the one who's trying to explain these things away. Um, but yeah, so I kind like I kind of like the fact that it did all tie in. But like a couple of lines about oh yeah, we'll just put this in storage until we can like we'll go back to this place on our way to this other place and we'll return it to them. Because otherwise, uh, it's just kind of like right. Quick fire. Dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it, dig it. Lindsay, empty your tank. Gonna go first. Uh, okay, so by the bad robot op- opening, like every time that we watch one of these films, I think that the bad robot kind of ident at the front is the start of the film because it reminds me of the start of Enterprise and the Cornfield and the Klingons. Um, I have a question about uniforms. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was about the too many uniforms in the cupboard. That made me think. Um, I just, like, Bones is so much better in this. Like, yeah, Bones is. is just, like, excellent. Weird, I love it. Cal- Cal Evans is an amazing actor, isn't he? Who'd have thought? <laughs> He's brilliant. You give him something to do, it turns out he can yeah. actually do it. And there is a kind of, he, like, he gets grumpy at the end, but it's almost in reference to the fact that he's usually making these jokes as opposed to, like, 
whatever. So that was yeah, good. It was good. Um, Town is ridiculous and amazing. Uh, literally no women speak in the first ten and a half minutes of it, which is a bit rubbish. What? Um, what? How do like you know? How do you know the little monsters aren't women? There might be women. The little monster things at the beginning, the little ones. Don't call them monsters, Bob. <laughs> the little aliens at the beginning. Might be women, women you never know. True facts, there was no recognisable female voices. <laughs> um, there, uh, so the sense of time, like, I got really confused. Like, they arrive at Yorktown, and, like, I kind of lose all track of, like, have they literally arrived at Yorktown, and within, like, two hours are they turning and going back out again? Or, like, have they been there? Like, like I lost the kind of sense of what was going on there yeah and then like all of a sudden they were just at the other side of the gallery yeah i just the whole thing was just a bit meh um i really love the memorial to leonard nimoy i know we've touched on that um there's no relative direction in the vastness of space um like that quote from the admiral like that like whole passage i I really liked um and i did look it up because i wondered if it had been lifted from like some deep philosopher but it was not apparently um Oh, the Sulu trying to warp thing when he like pushes forward the thing and it doesn't work, so he just keeps pushing it. I'm like, you're yeah, gonna flood yeah. the engine. I don't even drive, not, and I know that you're gonna fucking, flood the engine. It's not a metro <laughs> from the eighties. It's not a fucking chore. <laughs> yeah, but like you just like. Oh, oh Lindsay, <laughs> you can get some additive for that. It's fine. Okay, that's fine. Just checking. <laughs> so uh, Bones in an actual crisis, like you know how like Brawl he flaps and he's like it's the end of the world and we're all gonna die yeah, and the, yeah. like the vastness of space. Like when there's an actual crisis, like that bit where um, they're being attacked and like he and Spock leave the bridge, it is straight up we're doing this thing. Like there's no blustering, there's no hesitancy. They just get on with it. I like Bones. He was um, he was, pissing, of, he was uh, pissing in the morning though when he had to go back on the ship at, towards the end and fly. But when he got on, he was fucking there like, funny. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sucky's um, got his hand up. Kirk, oh, say something. Sorry, I was just going to say with that little scene where Bones and Spock leave the bridge and then Spock brings his gun up across his chest and then the door closed. I was expecting Bones to do the same thing and I was just thought, okay, maybe they missed a beat there. But then I realised when he was walking around with his uh, medical like, kit, I think, that he ain't gone to attack, he's gone to uh, yeah. save people. Yes, like, yes, he's trying to at least, which is interesting. Um, it's not interesting, it's like what doctors do. Um, <laughs> so when Kirk then runs off the bridge, right. so like this this is, this is peak... Um, like peak captain running into the fray when somebody should probably stop them. Um, so when he gives Sulu the helm and he runs off after them, um, he takes two security guard officers with him and one of them is in a scant. I didn't actually get a chance to check if it was in fact a female, but I quite liked the fact that one of them was in a scant. Um, ah, that's good. Like, man, is that a man skirt? Yeah, so the scants are the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, the dresses. Sure, think, yeah. Ah, cool, nice nod. Um, yeah, so like I say, it may have not be because they do sometimes put men in them just because they yeah. can. Um, the score is a lot. This score is pretty, like it's pretty heavy-handed. Like I quite enjoy it, but it is very much like it feels quite Lord of the Rings at times. Like they really like they play into the orchestral kind of like swell. Um, I don't know if it's if I just noticed it because it's just a po- ju- juxtaposed with obviously the the beats and shouting. Um, but just yeah, like the orchestral bits were like they really went for it. Um, um, when somebody somebody asks, "How do you know our language?" and I'm like, "Which language? Which language is our language?" This is confusing to me. English, I think it might be Nuhuru. Well, is it though, or is it Federation Standard? Do they have Federation American, Standard American, at this point? Oh well, yeah, it'd just be English, won't it? 
probably for for us. You got French. I mean, you got French speakers. French people. Yeah, they'll, they'll probably. Yeah, speak like that, that's why I was like, mm, what maybe is our they, maybe, language? Maybe Earth. They all speak like common English. I think uh, yeah, they seem to all speak English on the spaceships, don't they? So maybe that's yeah. just an adopted norm. True. I know nothing like a bit of colonialization. Um, Carl. In turning my mute off, fucking. Turning your mute off. Johnny's having a rant to himself. He's doing a Piers Morgan, isn't he? Um, <laughs> you mean he's gonna oh, walk? fucking hell <laughs> you. Here he is. I'm, I'm, but no, Lindsay. No, fine. No, fucking crack on. Jesus. Crack on, empty that tank. Little, Sorry. little stirrer. Um, I know, I only said it for a reaction, I promise. He's going for the I'm red shirt, the John. Going for the red shirt. Um, I'll go for the red face tonight. She doesn't deserve um, a red shirt. Harsh. Harsh, I tell you. Um, so Kroll um, wanting Kirk seems much more like Khan. Like, I know we spoke last week about the fact that um, Khan isn't really going after Kirk, he's just going after Starfleet and the Admiral and stuff. Um, like, Kroll seemed much more kind of driven by the fact that it was Kirk. Don't know why. I don't. I don't know why. It, it, it was his research. He he wanted. I think he wanted a face, a, ta- a face to target. You know, for, for yeah. Starfleet, and it was Kirk because he did all his research from the uh, database on the Enterprise, didn't he? I still don't yeah. understand his motivations at all. At least it feel they feel tacked on just for. I, I think they were the least interesting bits of the film, mm. so those were possibly the bits where I drifted. Yeah. Um, like I, 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 like I understand that Vulcans and Starfleet are still relatively rare. But Bones checking where Spock's heart is, I felt was a bit like, dude, you've been on a ship for three years. Like, this is one of your, like, primary members of crew that you're supposed to be keeping alive. Do you not think you should be, like, up on his anatomy? I think that's another example of just sticking something in the script so that people are aware of it. And the character, like you say, the doctor knows where fucking Spock's fucking heart is. Well, you would like to think so. I did like mm. the fact that the blood was green and it looked convincingly green and not like just yeah, nonsense. Green, yeah. How does that work, though? What? It's got more I've copper in it. I don't know, but how does that work in terms of like blood and oxygen? And you're the medical person. I am not a medical person. So the hemo- just... hemoglobin is the red part of our blood, isn't it? It is. And green, that's green. necessary for us to get to carry oxygen around the. So how do Vulcans green goblin, do it? Go, goblin I, I honestly don't know. Hemoglobin. I honestly don't know. Some, some kind of like, co- like copper-based hemoglobin. Well, no, no, because the copper. So we they could still have hemoglobin. It's just that rather than iron, which is what we have, yeah. it would be copper. Um, now that scientifically still doesn't work, but like yes. that's that's a logic to it. Like so of course it chemistry, doesn't work. It's not how chemistry works. No, no. Well, right. because the only other real form of life we can kind of just about imagine is like a silicate based form of life which is far less interesting because it's so different that it's like unrecognisable welcome to science hour with me Brian May is this, is this um, sci-fi he does science doesn't he is he a sci- no Brian Cox he, that's him he's science <laughs> one, isn't he? Um, he also does phys- like astrophysics not chemistry yeah, Brian or May biology Edgehogs science. he does all sorts on his podcast is that- <laughs> okay that's exciting I'm staying quiet on this because I did. My, my worst grade was a B, and it was for chemistry. So I'm just remaining because it's really not my area. All right, all right, Carol Vardeman. Uh Lindsay, carry on. You, uh, get no, that, that is pretty much me. That what, is Lin- that is pretty much me. Lin- Lindsay, Susie Dent, then in this situation, I reckon. Which one, Susie Dent? Lindsay, Susie Dent. What does and Andrea do? is Carol Vardeman. What Susie? 
you see which one Susie Dent is she on telly it's the dictionary I'm pretty sure she oh, took over from Carol Boardman no that was Rachel Riley Oh, okay. Apologies. Uh, yeah. I don't watch these things. I know nothing. Andrea? Can I just say, I'm not. last time I saw Carol Vaudemort on television, she couldn't move any part of her face. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm impressed that I have so few wrinkles I look like Carol Vaudemort, or I'm really upset that I have so little facial expression that I look like Carol we'll Vaudemort. Give, I'll tell you what, we'll give you a Rachel Riley then. Uh, Sucky, let's get you empty. Right, uh, there's a few things. Um, I did like the fact there was there was a line where Ch- uh, Bounds and Kirk were um, were toasting his birthday right at the beginning, and it says perfect eyesight and a full head of hair. Right, I was just wondering if that was a reference to Mr. Shatner. Right, so I don't know if anybody <laughs> actually uh, saw that. But uh, I didn't think that was good though. Mr. Grumberg, Greg Grumberg, actually appears on uh, on screen instead of being a voiceover in one of J.J. Abrams' films, uh, and he was like the traffic controller. Um, oh, the dude out of Heroes. Yeah, yeah, dude out of Heroes, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, I didn't, yes, I saw him too. I was like, oh. I like him. It was <laughs> like a little hero's reunion with Zachary Quinto. <laughs> yeah, it was, yes. actually. There was uh, a couple of times where things were dropped into the into the story before they were actually utilised later on. In the uh, the the film, like, and one of them was uh, Keenza, which is uh, Scotty's little um, little friend. He's, he's got a cold, and he's he's spewing so alien bad. acid goo, right? So, which was used later on to be able to get Sulu and uh, Uhura. Well, he's a monster, isn't he? <laughs> he's a little monster. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's Bob. I don't, I don't he's just anything. not humanoid. I think. No, Ken's is he's humanoid. He's not human. Yeah, plus he's played by Deep Roy. I love I love Deep Roy. He's not yeah. humanoid. He is humanoid. He's got the fucking dwarf, two arms, two legs, a head, and no, he's a, that he's a, stuff. He's a dwarf. A dwarf. He's a dwarf. Would we say? Mm, we're not talking humanoid. about the actor. We're talking about the character. Okay, uh, that's fine. Hum- I'll take humanoid that. Humanoid, human-like. I do love Kenza and I do love Deep Roy as well. Both are amazing. Then, then we got the other thing that was really like dropped early on and then utilised later was the rock music, which I thought to myself, oh, it's just a little, uh, you know, uh, throwaway gag that they've got there. And then they used it later on right, to be able to get rid of the swarm. That and... was a heinous thing, I think. <laughs> whatever, whatever they used. It was a bit of a stretch. Like, I kind of like the logic of it, sort of vaguely, but... <laughs> Why, how, badly you des- how badly designed are these fucking drones if you can break them that way? I would also, why why would an alien, an advanced alien species use VHF? We've even like we're turning the digital frequency, digital radio. The I don't know why, What's but okay. you Justify do understand it. why they used it though. I mean, they're all being telepathically, they're all being linked somehow. Well, by VHF, species, so they're not by, they're by, crack by into a radio anything. frequency. Yeah. that's a bit the, silly. The king of plot holes is trying to, uh, to, to <laughs> fix a hole that's so massive. Too big that was. Unfixable. Like, I, I think you could probably argue that if they were genuinely, like, originally more mining related than they were space related, that some form of like, like, uh, signal that is good at like getting more distances because digital is notoriously not great at like getting through shit. Yeah. So well, like arguably you could make that argument, but it's not a good one. Queen of the plot holes. There we go. Amazing. Carry on, Sucky. Uh, they used Kelvin again as something to describe the pods, which was like the Kelvin pods. Uh, 
I did look, I did think to myself, was Kirk going to go down with his ship a year after on his birthday, like or a year before his birth, with uh, like his father did when uh, the uh, Kelvin went down originally? Yeah, yeah. And I thought to myself, is he going down? But now, then it goes, he just jumped straight into one of the Kelvin pods. So, so here's the question like, are they called Kelvin pods because they allow, because like there was one on the bridge, wasn't there? Like, the whole point is that they allow you to, to exit. Like at the very last second, like they are individual pods designed for getting lots of people off incredibly quickly. Like I like, it's just, I'm just curious yeah. as to whether that's well, why they're called Kelvin pods because they went, oh, that Kelvin evacuation didn't work yeah, that well. That's it. Probably that's probably it. Mm, good idea. Use they were pretty funky. I liked them. They were good. Uh, I did. I did like um, the 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 hand solo effect that they had for a spot. Uh, Kirk and uh, Chekhov when they'd just been uh, trapped in one of uh, Jala's uh, Charlie's traps and you got that silicon thing. That was cool. Uh, that silicon, you know, whole, that whole silica thing was yeah. good with the motorbike as well. I quite like that. There's a little defence barrier. Uh, I liked. Uh, <laughs> I said we've we've now we've gone on to the the interaction between Bounds and uh, Bounds and uh, Spock. But the best one was when Bounds and Spock are just been about to be attacked by this this swarm. Right, and then Spock just vanishes behind him, and Bounds just turns. He's just yeah, he's so like, annoying. So and typical. He's like, he's like ah. yeah. <laughs> and then then he gets taken away. I also uh, love like classic Vulcan stubbornness, being like, "No, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. No, I'm fine." And now I'm on the floor. It was it was good. Spock did show more human side little bits again when he started laughing. Just started, right, and, he's, and the way the way that Bones looks at me, he's like, "You're delirious, man." It was great. Sucky. Yeah, um, I'd like the fact, like the way that they hid the actual artifact, which is in the back of Sill's head, right? Which was a great, was awesome. great idea. Cool. Great idea. Yeah. You'd think he's just in a, a, a spaceship, uh, a, a space pod somewhere, and they'll just pick it up, find it that way. But of course, it'd been hidden behind that poor woman's head. Uh, the Volcaya amulet, and which was the little uh, thing around Uhura's neck. And, that was and, funny. Tracking right, a tracking uh, device for your woman. That was amazing yeah, when they were saying you're that. Giving your girlfriend a radiation device. A device that emits yeah. radiation. No. And then, of course, he goes, so you're giving your girlfriend a tracking device. And, and, and at the end, you can see the necklace and Bones just looks across like that. That sort of look. I felt that little stuff like that was brilliant. It was it was funny. Uh, there's also uh, Keenson and Scotty's little reunion that they had. Yeah. Uh, you know, like everybody's hugging and they just, they're going to hug, but then they're going, yeah. oh, no. It's just something, and they just shake hands, and I thought that was a nice little touch between them. But... Engineers, engineers—that's what they do, lads, isn't it? Not sure the uh, emotion. The tidal wave effect of the, the swarm, that which was a great visual, which must have been a great visual when you're in the cinema, seeing what looks like a tidal wave coming towards you, which uh, to your spaceship in a small little spaceship. And I thought that was a good little thing. And uh, there's also that little line when the music is playing. Chekhov's tapping his foot, and then McCoy turns out to a Spock and goes, "Is that classical music?" Right. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> good lines. Good. Yeah, it was really. One good. One of the things that I remember about this film was the fact that they've got Idris Elba as the main baddie, and they only used, saw his face in a couple of the shots where there was just like a flashback or the video. <laughs> footage that they had but the rest of the time he was covered up in all this makeup why did he decide to take a role such a prominent role 
and not. Well, because he doesn't, uh, he doesn't really have to think about it. Idris Elba doesn't have to think about it. Because they're paying well. him enough money. They're paying yeah, him lots of money. I, I and also, it's Idris Elba, he can kind of do what he wants. He's not like... He might it, do what he's want, but I, I think he was just a waste of... His what, his face? Yeah, his face. He's acting, he's acting. This is what they do. What are you doing, He's acting brilliant. Just cast anyone. Cast fucking Isuki. Put a mask on you. No, well, no, yeah, but, okay, so if we're going to critique that, there's a there's a critique to be made of the fact that, like, you cast a prominent black actor and then the, you put him in so much prosthetics you can't actually tell that oh, he is. Oh, but more, yeah, like, you can't. Like, I'm not saying that that's a particularly valid critique, but, like, if we're going to critique that, then, like, let's let's like throw that into the mix. I just think what, he's a great actor playing but, a great alien villain. But then what they could have done is when he's, suck, he's sucking the essence energies out of these people, yeah. right, and then right at the end he's, he's in the orange uniform, the yellow uniform I should say right coming out the, why didn't they just take all the makeup off because he was a part a part way there anyway and just maybe just kept contacts in a little bit was, of uh, because he's the racist just, sucky like, the racist just the racist am I racist young man no, because they're no, racist. No, no, like, I, I think it's because, like, that kind of defeats the purpose of, like, the, the narrative that they've tried to tell which is that he sucks the people to, like and that, like, stabilises them in his new, like, visage um so, like, how would, why would he have reverted back if he's just stolen all the energy? Yeah. And also, Idris Elba loved playing the character. He'd never done prosthetics before, so he was something he really wanted to do. Yeah. So, is, is, is he allowed to do that, or should we... <laughs> to be fair, though, I did watch I did watch all of that time before he was turned into human Idris Elba. Oh, trying to identify mannerisms of Idris Elba in the... And, and there were some. The voice was really well covered Yeah, the voice up. was brilliant, yeah, yeah. And uh, but there are certain ways he looks or moves or does something that is very Idris Elba that I did pick up on a couple of times. So like yeah. you do get flashes, like when he is like doing the brain brain suck thing, like like when you know to look for them, like you can see mm, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I think like that's good. Um, if we're talking about special effects and stuff, it's also worth mentioning like that moment where the Enterprise like comes up through the tunnel, which is the only reason why you would ever have a spaceship <laughs> in a tunnel in a space station, is so that you can then have the scene where it like crashes up through the water. Uh, like that's pretty cool. It was a cool effect. So, okay, you've got much left, my friend? Yeah, uh, I did like the whole landscape, uh, the set of or the buildings and everything is very Inception-like. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's what it reminded me of was all the buildings folding in on themselves, and I thought that was uh, brilliantly uh, portrayed on the screen. And the there's only a couple of other things, which is one was a speeded up footage of the Enterprise being uh, being made at the end, being built cool. at the end, which was that was class. Yeah. Yeah. And I did like um, the the whole crew coming together to read the uh, the famous uh, yes, that was Star brilliant. Thing. And, and 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 I'm not just picking it up, but when the horror does it at the end, the final line where no one has gone before, I was like, yes, I just yes. felt yeah. like that. And that's me, Don. At the end as well, when the music eventually sort of it mixed into the original series music again. I don't know if anyone got that far, but it was. Yeah, quite they nice... did it on a previous one of these films, haven't they? Don't know. Uh, maybe it's the first one. They've not done it with all of them. I don't maybe know. Maybe actually, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I was just watching the end credits because it was quite trippy. Because I love, I love the sort of like when John was saying about the warp drive. There's quite a lot of lovely mm. trippy sort of pans labyrinthy kind of stuff going on. Cool, John. Yes, my friend. Finishes off. I really like the sliding down. I like the the chase inside the destroyed Enterprise. Everything being off kilter on a weird angle and stuff. I thought it was really well done. Well, they, did, they did actually do it properly. 
So they, they had a, a rolling cage. Well, they crashed a spaceship into a <laughs> yeah, planet. Yeah, <laughs> did it in real life. But no, they had like a full uh, massive yeah, stage yeah. set where they turned it round. And they wouldn't normally do that, you see. It's okay, sorry. And, uh, and I love the, the, the long uh, chase sliding down the face of it. Yeah. All was... I'm thinking is like one bolt. Sticking out. <laughs> yeah, right on the nose. Only one is all you fucking need. But that was That's all it. like the end. All real. It was all sort of read like you know, not CGI basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's okay. No, it was, I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, I think the stuff on the uh, the stuff in the box with the black stuff. I, yeah, I'm a bit mad about a lot of this film. I think I think it looks beautiful, like I say, but I'm not bothered about the rest of it because of these many and. A plethora I, I, I think, of I think the, two, the two things are like the plot holes. I know it's obviously a film, so plot holes are quite a thing, but the character. Weak the characters. story. Yeah, the weak story. But the fact yeah, that but the problem is that the character development is impacted by like the plot holes and like the, the the devices that are used to try and give us like this it's plot. Not, it's not. It's not impacted too much because you do get a better character development than we experienced in previous Star Trek yeah. films. So yeah, it's a bit of a. It's like a six or one half dozen of the other. I think. But but yeah, sorry, 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 John. You got much more left in. I literally wrote four four notes before I got bored of writing notes and just watched the film. So awesome, that's fine. So that's it. Definitely a tepid, Andrea. Um, just to pick up, um, the actress who plays Jayla is also in Kingsman. You might recognise yes, her. Yes, she Kingsman. is. Yeah. Um, and she was a dancer. Um, so quite a lot of music videos, quite a lot of Madonna videos, that type of thing. So, and I think you see that movement. I think she has very much dancers' movement. Um, She's and I brilliant. think she was. I think she was quite. She had quite a lot of physicality in the fight scenes, and I think it's probably because of that. Um, however, um, she's clearly learned like sort of some kind of English space Russian, um, but it's slightly more convincing as a Russian than Chekhov. I think oh. it was. It was quite a, an interesting um, Eastern European accent that she was given. Um, I like how like Bones just carries out some casual theft from like crew members' <laughs> lockers. Like it's just like yeah, just nick this out of someone's lockers. That's fine. Um, I think Suki mentioned the Kelvin pods. Um, I've put Spock the stalker. Um, but really, why do you need a tracking device when you live on a spaceship? It's not like you're going anywhere. Um, I, I like to think that in this situation. Spock was telling the truth in his actual way, his reasons for having that. He, he played uh, it quite well. He I, don't think he, I don't think he'd lie about that. I, th I think he's... He didn't lie, does he? It's funny, though. Uh, I think particularly that kind of... The, the kind of chase bits of that sequence towards the end are very Star Wars sound effects. Um, they had really raided the Star Wars oh, yeah, um, yeah. box of sound effects. Uh, and I think it was, it was quite... It was shot like that as well. I think there was quite a lot of that kind of style of filmmaking came into it. Um, mm. And I, I think most of the other things have been... I mean, we, we see a lot of that on Discovery as well, don't we, going forward, so... So, so here's an open question to somebody who is not a real Star Wars fan. Like, I don't really associate Trek with fight scenes. So, like, is there a specific... Is it just that we're getting more fight scenes that are yeah, I think more Star Wars-y? Because like, I, cause I don't know that there is... Like it's a recognisable Star Trek way of people recording a fight scene. Magic, isn't it? And just feel like magic in the style. If you watch that end sequence, right, there's even a bit where you've got like, it's almost like the blueprint of the Death Star, like pings on your screen. Like it's mm -hmm. really like, 
and it's those like those flight scenes and um, the way they shot like they, they shot a little bit like they move a little bit like x-wings that type of thing but there is that like kind of outline where you've got that big circle that round thing in the middle with like a little it really does look like like the, the sort of the death okay. so like that that's that's definitely a thing but like for me like we've got like the last few films we've had smaller crafts which allows them to record like a different kind of fight scene which is perhaps what we're associating with star wars so like is it traditionally that star trek only had like slightly more giant like romulan like birds of war and stuff yeah, yeah, I think it's those yeah. Little, like, <laughs> like those little cockpit shots and stuff like that. I think that kind of. I think in the end, it's budget, isn't it? And we, whereas in the Star Trek that we get as a TV show, they don't really have the budget for that sort of thing. Whereas a movie has a bigger budget, so, so I think that's why you start to see similarities between Star Wars and Star Trek in this, because they're both big movies. And the little. The little I don't, um, I don't think Star Trek's ever done that zipping about in little crafts though before. Really. Well, that's what I mean. They haven't, they haven't had the funds to be able to do that sort of stuff, or the technological level needed to do that stuff. It was quite cool. Bear in mind that Star Trek before that was a long time before, in the eight, uh, you know, two thousand before. I think I like the bee idea though. I did like the idea of this whole thing coming at you like ah bees. You know, I, I did quite like that. And, the, dis- and the, the destruction of the Enterprise at the, at the start was absolutely mega. It was. I it loved was the way that was done. It was it felt disastrous. It was mega. It really was, did, and it didn't points. feel like they were going to be able to like patch it back up and get her back in the sky, yeah, yeah. which quite like often proper. you kind of. Good. Like when when the moment when the nacelles float away, that was like ooh, mm. that was actually quite like that's that, that's an issue. Took, but like you felt that from the that bird, haven't you? But you felt that from the crew as well, as well, didn't you? Because mm. like you could see them going, like no, like there are no nacelles. Like There's I can't, no I can't give now. you more because yeah. I've got no nacelles. Like I can't fix that. Uh, yeah, it was. And it's, it's, just to touch on what you're saying, I think it adds a lot more intimate action as well to stuff and. And there's no there's there's a reason why they'd be going down the Star Wars route because Star Wars is very very popular, um, and I think that's something that Star Trek has never really been able to do until. Modern I mean, this, this is this is industrial light magic, isn't it? That does the effects for this. I presume it will be. And that's like they've got a stock of Star Wars stuff anyway, be so that as well. <laughs> there's be that, you know. Yeah, Andrea. Andrea, is it, is it a Star Wars or is it just a? A slightly more modern-looking sci-fi. I'd uh, go down that road. Because I kind of think, like, like realistically, like, th- there has been a shift, and I think there's a much more expectation that things are a lot faster paced and there's things zipping around the screen. One, because it can be done, and two, I think it just... It, so it is the Star Wars thing a bit unfair? Is that just the, the first thing I go to? I'm just trying to think, are there other examples where, like, well, is got, that just what modern sci-fi looks no, like? I think you've got Battlestar Galactica, and that's not exactly brand new. Um, but I think with, with, Star, with Star Trek, it's always been a case of you've had these massive, awesome, powerful ships, and the shuttles have just been a, a mode of transport, if you're thinking about that as a littler ship. I've never really had, like, a TIE fighter or a small fighter. Um, because they're not long range enough. Oh, they're they're shuttle pods, come on. But like, even yeah, no, in so the, the shuttle pods era. are just shuttle pods, aren't they? They're like vans, don't yeah. they? They're like, <laughs> like Ford Transit, yeah, in space. Yeah. But like, in, the, in the TOS era, like, so I suppose the TOS era films, which are kind of concurrent with the original Star Wars films, like they're the same kind of era, like there just isn't 
like, yeah, it's like they have I about, don't associate them with battle scenes at all, really. Because like, they, have occasionally you get, they have about 12 quid, and Star Wars has hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, but did it have hundreds of millions no, of dollars to begin no, with? No, 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 no. no, no so no, I think, no. like, that's my question. Like, I don't Practical know. effects rather than CG, and now we're getting yeah. CG everywhere, so it, it started to merge in our and heads. It's a lot cheaper, a lot cheaper now as well. Hmm. Than it used to be. Oh yeah, like of course, like I absolutely get that it's more cost effective now. I just suppose the difference, like, but when they were both being made at roughly the same time, when technology was in roughly the same place, well, you, different choices were just made. Well, if you're talking about them being at roughly the same time, Rathacan, what year was that, Sucky? Uh, what, that's eighty-one. Uh, eighty. Uh, yeah, that was, that was fair, that's fairly near, and that does a lot of practical effects as well. Well, because that, because uh, that a budget of twelve twelve million dollars, uh, rather yeah. than. You know, like well, the practical, the practical effects stylistically look a lot like Star Wars stuff because of what they did. You know, the big yeah, of course, because it was the, the big, big, yeah, yeah. it was the one that everyone went to watch. Even the, the Doctor Who people, I know they were never going to get there, but all sci-fi people went to watch Star Wars, and they either were like, "We give up," or we try and attain them. But I mean, Star Wars, they had to start the whole, the whole, their own company for special effects that had never been done before. So it was mm. so groundbreaking and revolutionary, and the first of its kind. That's why you probably, you know, a lot of people do take from Star Wars. Okay. This film here, I think, was the most highest budgeted of all the Star Trek films. It wasn't. Anyway. It was the second. It was the second. I think Khan was the highest budget. Khan, Rathacan. Um, no, Into Darkness. Oh, Into I Darkness. Looking at, I was because I was looking at box offices, and this was the lowest of the box office. Even though it still, yeah. I think it still doubled its budget, but that's not all quite nearly. But, but it's they not needed quite good it to enough. be more than double that budget. Mm. Yeah, I mean, right, they still so. made some good money on these films. It wasn't like a Nemesis, which didn't even wash its face. Um, well, there's reasons for that, isn't there? There is reasons. Anyway, should we get some lights on this badger? How many lights you see? There are four lights. I asked, how many lights you see? Lights out of five. Let's have a quick lights out of five from everyone. I'm going to come to you first, Andrea. I'm going to give it a four. Um, four. There are four lights. Um, I think even though you, you can pick holes in it and you can pick holes in it really easily, but it's like, it's really easy to watch. It's a lot of fun. It's just, I think if you just take it as just an enjoyable, like couple of hours out of your day, there's not that much to complain about. No, fair enough. Strong four. Would you put it in the strong four? Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Andrea. John? Uh, last week, I think I gave two and a half marks. And this <laughs> yes. is is better than that, but not by a great deal. So I'm going to go three lights. Three lights, there are three Oh, wow, lights. OK. Uh, Lindsay? Can can you remind me of what I've scored the others? No, got I'm, that not, there? I'm not making a note of any of it, so... Oh, okay. Here was me thinking that you'd like got a special record and no. a sheet and stuff. Not 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 for <sighs> not for the off times. Not for the off off not current series times. Okay, okay, that's all right. We'll get we'll no, get no, don't worry, going it's back fine. through every single yeah, audio. Why why, why 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 have you volunteered me? Why can't you do You enjoy this kind of thing. Like, I could have checked myself if I was really that bothered. <laughs> um, I am going to give this a four and a half. Wow. Mm. I think you went four and a half last week as well, to be fair, Lynn, so... Quite possibly. Um, yeah, it, no, you, like, you I like it. it. It's got yeah. some really good Spock Bones moments, and those are like my little awkward ship. Lovely. It's okay. Uh, I am going to go a strong four. Strong four? No, actually, four and a half. I, I, I do it. It's, it's as a good popcorn movie. You can sit there, enjoy everything about it. Uh, loads of action. There's good comedy. The, the characters are well-drawn. You just enjoy. I I sat there when I watched this twice now, and it, both times it just seemed to zip by. So I really, really, it did enjoy. It's four and a half. Yeah, it was easy to watch. Definitely. Yeah, 
Well, I am going to go a five. Reason being, like I said at the beginning, I was a bit def a bit deflated with this one when I came out of the pictures the first time, but I've loved re-watching it. Um, I just love the character, the, the way they've, they've taken off the characters in diff you know, together. You've got a lot more character stuff going on. It looks beautiful, um, and it's, I just fucking loved it. I really loved it. So I think I've given all these a five, but I do love the whole this whole trilogy of Star Trek films. But it is what it is. It's a very enjoyable entertainment, which has Star Trek in, and it's kind of cool. Um, anyway, enough of what we think. Let's find out what you think. It's listeners' feedback. <laughs> You found out we, what we thought. Let's find out what you think in listeners' feedback. I'll kick off. We've got Gary Russell. I don't get Kelvin timeline. Why? Why not just uh, say proper track? Uh, sorry. Why not, not say why? Why not just say not proper track? Uh, just a money spinner. Other than that, an okay film. Thanks, Gary. Uh, Lindsay. What? Sorry, I'm still trying to put my tongue back into my. Uh, so I've got Ben PM. Why? Where? Um, where was it? Only... Where was your tongue, Lindsay? <laughs> it's on your background, John. All right. Yeah. Licking Riker's chest. It was Bare a gog. Chest. It was a gog. Um, it's all proper track. I'm just going to say that now. Um, ben PM. It's the only one of the three I enjoy. It made me hopeful for what would come with a fourth sequel, but it never came. I love Trek so much that I'll watch whatever comes out, but everything post-Kelvin hasn't really been worth re-watching, except Lord X, weirdly. This, however, is a great Trek film. Tongue fall on that again. That's the end of it. That's the end. All oh, right, sorry. Yes, it is. I was catching up. <laughs> My thumb was not fast enough. Wow, this is this is a terrible listener's feedback from, from me. Uh, Sucky, over to you now, my friend. Uh, well, well, no. Oh, sorry. This is a uh, Chris Lawrence. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> do apologize. This is a uh, Chris. Oh, no. some pimpy. Oh, wow. I'm really sorry. Uh, carry on. You know what you're doing, Sucky. Good man. Okay. Uh, we've got Chris Lawrence and um, therefore well now we reached the third well now we reached the third one and even though it's more true to the original series compared to the first two it sadly lacked the spectacle of the first two the new uniforms with their too high collar don't don't work why couldn't they use the ones from S, uh, STID Into Darkness Into no, Darkness into I darkness. do apologise at this point the cast are now in the what? Sorry, the motion TMP. picture era. Oh, the motion, motion picture, picture era. On, get, get with it. I Sookie. just do not know these. Just, just say the what they're saying. Say the letters. TMP. Re call oh, yeah. Okay. Just read I, it. At Sookie. this point, the cast are now in TMP era, and it's wigs ahoy. <laughs> Kirk's wig is good and has more of the Shatner quiff to it, but poor Spock. After getting it right in the first two, they put him in the worst Spock wig I've ever seen. <laughs> Even the Moy's head in the final frontier looked better than this. The call-outs to the bug green space and the appearances of the Enterprise-era shuttlecraft in the archive footage was a nice touch, as well as the call-out to the MACOs. If nothing else, the Kelvin timeline, timeline has richly mined Enterprise and gave us many loving callbacks. Poor Idris Elba, a great actor wasted under too much make makeup ally like Oscar Isaacs in X-Men Apocalypse. The story itself seemed rushed. Sadly, we barely spent any time in the Enterprise in this film. And the new version, 1701 uh, stroke A, is not a patch on the Connie refit from the Voyager. That is still the best Enterprise. I could go on, but I fear 
for whoever is reading this. <laughs> I'm still going to go through the back catalogue and I've just listened to your podcast. Shared episode on latent image, a hidden gem in the Star Trek Voyager. Stay safe as always. LLAP. Live long and Live prosper. Live long and prosper. There you Sorry, go. Chris. I do I do apologise for mangling all your uh, your feedback there, but thank you very much anyway. Amazing. Next time we'll, we'll get Lindsay to read it out. Yeah. Lindsay's always <laughs> very good at being yes. a reading. You're a good reader. Well, you're welcome. A... If you're a fan of latent image, I'm a fan of yours. Oh, check it out. Bless oh. uh, uh, Andrea. She will swear for money if you ask her. I mean, that's... <laughs> We've just taken a very We do take canon. We're, we're, we're Lindsay's pimp, pimp swear of people. We'd take a 10% cut. Andrea. Move Chris has just alerted us to a, a lost note, which I've just put, Spock has a bell-end haircut. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did notice that. Um... We've got Jack McMorrow. If I do a long review again, I'm scared you'll redshirt me. It's a good film. I want another. Better than Into Darkness. Four something funnies out of five. Jack, why would any of us possibly redshirt you? Well, we've got Bob. Yeah, I'll take the, I'll take the edge off that. Don't worry about that, Jack. Tom Turlow says, after the disappointment of Into Darkness, the rebooted Star Trek took an upward swing with its third instalment, Star Trek Beyond, is good fun. With great action set pieces, but it feels a little bit inconsequential and ho-hum. <clears throat> Bearing in mind it was released to coincide with Trek's 50th anniversary, it doesn't really pay any particular tribute to the show's history. There's a sense of it all being a bit routine and unremarkable, like it's simply a very expensive mid-season TV episode. And why do they keep, why do they keep blowing up the Enterprise? The whole point of the franchise is the continuing adventures of that ship. So blowing it up seems a bit weird. Also, why hire an actor as charismatic as Hilda Elba then plaster him in prosthetics? All in all, Star Trek Beyond is a fairly entertaining film, but it's a disappointing and slightly disposable conclusion to the Kelvin timeline. It's a bit of, an, bit of an anticlimactic end to this iteration of Star Trek. Three lights out of five. Cheers, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Um, I've got our Deb. I've not seen it. What is <laughs> what the what the. Jason Isaacs in it. Jason Isaacs in it, and you didn't see it. That's our dev yeah. this week. Uh, this you noted that she said that on the seventeenth of March. She had time. Yeah, plenty of time, Dev. We no are, inclination. We're, no we're inclination not, without, without Jason Isaacs. Yeah, we're not angry. We're just disappointed. <laughs> Lindsay, and finally from you. Um, so we have a uh, steep dive. Um, the film is. <laughs> Have you just the film as a one of is okay. One off. <laughs> one off. Oh, one yeah, off. Yes, there we go. I could, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I couldn't find it. Sorry, sorry. You, you, sorry you can't Cher. pass mank. <laughs> We're getting used to passing mank now. <laughs> so the film as a one off is okay. I like Peg, but I think this film was too. Uh, big for him to help write. As such, you get punchy humour and some fun, but fails to grasp the Trek universe. A good example of too much money for effects and not enough substance to continue the franchise. Three out of five. Fair enough, ships. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for writing in. Apologies, we got off to a bit of a ropey start. The listeners' feedback, I will completely take the blame. Anyway, it's time to vote for this time. Uh, this this time's red shirt. I woke up this morning, put on my red shirt. Red shirt time. Let's vote for who we think has been the worst host and whoever wins, wins, loses, wins. Uh, we'll decide how we're going to kill them. Lindsay, who's your red shirt this week, please? This time. Lindsay's your tongue falling out again. Um, What's up to your tongue? It's cancel culture. Just do it, Lindsay. I'm not going to cancel you. I'm going to get very grumpy with you. That's a different thing entirely. 
Don't want you to go anywhere. I just want you to know that you're wrong about Tuvix. Oh, the Tuvix deck to Tibet continues. It does. I've been harassed about. Oh, you, you are genuine. You are genuinely picking me because I put a meme about Tuvix up. Yes. Yeah. So, wow. Nothing to the all actual right. episode that we've recorded or the story. Because we've actually all been relatively sensible about it this week. She's still reeling, John. She's still reeling. Yeah, she is. Uh, Sucky, can you give me your red shirt, please? Uh, I was going to vote for you, Bob, and that was for the monster management. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's also human, true. Yeah. Human management, people management. Monsters are people <laughs> too. Yeah. yeah. Some of our best friends are monsters. Just terrible oh, way. You just think everybody, there's everybody, and then there's monsters. Oh dear! So, you, Bob, Andrea's boyfriend's uh, at family night talking about monsters. <laughs> yeah. TJ, TJ, family dinner talking about monsters. <laughs> Grandma's dog was good. Uh, Andrea, so that's one for me, and one for I presume it was you, John. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Uh, and Andrea, give us your red shirt, please. I'm digging deep here, but I've been harbouring this since before the podcast even started. And it's going to be Lindsay because <laughs> I got dropped in, right, to like, I hate you all for like saying bad things about Tuvix. But actually, I'm one of the few people who like literally doesn't give a fuck about Tuvix. Yes. Like, I don't care if he lives or dies or he's murdered or any, I just don't care. So I, I'm going to nominate Lindsay for uh, for lumping me into the Tuvix gang because I just don't give a shit. This is, this is really carried, carried over. Fair. This T-Mix thing has really carried over. Uh, John. So what's the current score situation? Uh, Lindsay won, me won, you won. Right, so I've got a chance here to You've rescue got a myself. You for, got a yeah. But also, I am contrastingly utterly obsessed with Andrea's Spectrum, ZX Spectrum sweater. Top, yeah, it's great. It's top. been on display... I see. I see the stripes. I can always see the keyboard. It's that bad. Rubber keys everywhere. <laughs> uh, but you're safe because Lindsay. That's it. Yeah. Just because Lindsay. <laughs> Lindsay <isn't> that's it. <laughs> I, I, no, I would like a reason, please. Pick a reason. Uh, pick a reason. You're just too charming and lovely. That's not a reason. It's worst uh, person. Right, it. You've got to be horrible to her. Come on, John. <clears throat> All right then. Um, it's not that difficult, I promise. <laughs> I don't. I can't. I can't think of anything. She's been not. I've overreacted to your Tuvix meme. Like, <laughs> uh, just, just a little if bit. I was, yeah, you. I was, I was trying for a reaction out of you, so it worked. I can't complain <laughs> about that really. So, uh, so I think, um, and we've all we've all contributed successfully to this pod. So, uh, just to make sure I don't lose, I'm going to pick Sucky. Oh, I dive a casting. <laughs> well, is that? What was the reason? No, just you to make sure I... No, no. Yeah, take it back, Lindsay. Oh. That's what I'm saying. I think you need to vote for me, but that's okay. Yeah. Thanks. Mm. Well, obviously, I know Lindsay's got a thing about women and that in films and stuff. So, because, like, I don't want you to feel like I'm being sexist by not voting for you. I'm going to vote for you so you've got three <laughs> and you're going to die, red shirt. To be fair, I think between Andrea and I, we've only maybe got, like, two red yeah, shirts in total. So, what, actually... Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Andrea always gets away with it, actually. But, you know, that would have been a wasted vote. So, so Lindsay, let's make sure you're well dead. Um, how are we going to kill Thanks. Lindsay this week? Asphyxiated by two Vixes. I, I have found out. I have found by listening to this podcast back that Andrea somehow is the most fucking vicious when it comes to like people's demise. <laughs> She's got the imagination of a fucking sociopath Go in on there then. somewhere. Let's, I don't know what's going on, but yeah, it's I dealing want with Andrea to pick. 
<laughs> yeah, I think you probably. Andrea, oh, you I... pick the death. Oh, um. You're under pressure now. I think it's. I'm not picking a death. I'm picking eternal torment because. <laughs> Like Lindsay and Bob are gonna have a transporter accent. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Lob, lob, imagine that, eh? Linob, Linob. It's all right. We'll, we'll just get Janeway to murder him, and uh, we'll bring him back. So it's fine. Imagine it. Be, we'd have like a double glasses combination, and I'd have like a really curly, beard. dark hair. No, really curly, dark haired beard. Maybe or something like that. Uh, oh, don't, imagine don't, me, with, imagine me think, with hair. Imagine me with hair. I don't want to think of Beautiful. a bastard mix between Andrew and Bob. I'm sorry. I just no, don't Lindsay want and Bob, you just got your name wrong again. It had to, it had to happen. It has did to I say it? Yeah, you did. Fuck it. Yeah. Fuck it. Andrew. Fuck it. But I'm it's out. fine. I'm anyway, it's it. time to move on. It's time to move on. We need to find out we're going to be watching the next episode of this podcast. So we thought we'd spice things up about what we're going to watch next time. And, in, and we're going to involve what is called a randomizer. Now, I'm going to. Start going to ask John to start pressing the buttons on the ship computer and randomly select an episode from the whole world of Star Trek, apart from the animated series. So, John, please, over to you. What we're going to watch in next time? Well, there are 706 episodes <laughs> to pick from. It's going to be like Discovery Season 3, isn't it? Right, here we go. We're at 3, 2, 1. Ooh. Voyager. Season 4, Episode 23, Living Witness. Oh, excellent! Well, you've made someone happy. Air date, 29th of April, the day before my birthday, 1998. Amazing. Uh, so, Voyager. The good episodes. Be... I'm excited. What's it called again, John? Living something? Living Witness. Living four, Witness. Episode 23. If you want to join us and send us your thoughts for that one, we'll be putting up something on uh, on the Facebooks and Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we'll be watching for, well, watching for next time. And we'll be viewing that. It'll be terribly excited, and you've definitely made Lindsay's day. But until then, live long and prosper, and goodbye! Bye! Bye! Imagine turning the Starship Voyager... Target the first city. And fire. ...into the Warship Voyager... When diplomacy fails, there's only one alternative. Violence. Now, the imagining is over. The crew will turn into cold-blooded killers. Resistance is futile. And history will turn into anarchy. No, this isn't possible. On the next Star Trek Voyager.